Well, Lord, we thank You. Thank You for the blessings that are ours in You. And Lord, thank You for the precious gift of Your Word. And now, as we come to hear what it is You want to say to us this morning, we open our hearts to You now and pray this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Please be seated, church. We are really blessed to have Pastor Peter coming to bring the Word to us this morning. Can we give him a really warm welcome as he comes to share with us? Oh, thanks, Nathan. Church, oh, how good is it to be together, eh? Communion? Oh, praising God. Oh, church, is that the best we can do? David sort of warmed us up before, but hallelujah. And, uh, and on the mezzanine up there too. We've got some more chairs coming for up there too. We'll be able to sort of tear down shortly. We're looking forward to that. Thanks for all those who are pouring their lives out here and pouring your finances out. Um, God's a good God and it's just great to worship Him this morning. We're starting a new series. Um, it's called Let Light Shine Out of Darkness and it comes from this verse in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It says this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of of Christ. How good is that verse and how good the series is going to be as we jump into God's Word over these next few weeks that lie ahead in this series in 2 Corinthians. And that's our prayer, isn't it? That the light of Jesus Christ will shine in the darkness. Our world is dark, folks. Have you seen how dark it is? People are scrambling around, no idea what's happening. We know what's happening. We want to shine the light of Jesus Christ. The darkness there are many, many ways actually the darkness um, in our world expresses itself. But one of the simplest revelations of what darkness looks like is found in Romans 1, 20, 21. Let me just read that just to sort of set a little bit of a scene here as we look into God's Word. It says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were what? Were darkened. Creation is such an amazing and clear revelation of God's presence in our world and His reality. I was actually given a book by my father-in-law um, just last week. It was Reflections, it's called, On the Existence of God. And one of the essays is titled... The mystery of the human eye. And, and the author quotes um, a one-time atheist, Dr. Ming Wang, who has a doctorate in laser physics and has performed 55,000 cataract laser surgery. So he knows a bit about what he's talking about when it comes to the eye, obviously. This is what he wrote. The more I learned about science, the more, not less, evidence that I saw of God's creation in design. For example, as I was becoming an ophthalmologist and learning about the inner workings of the eye, the amazing and logical arrangement of the photoreceptors, ganglion cells and neurons, I realised that there is absolutely no way that an intricate structure such as the human eye could ever evolve from a random compilation of cells the very complexity of the human eye is in fact the most powerful evidence of the existence of God. There you are from Dr. Wang. What do you think? What do you think? It is our creator God. 
And God put His creation there for people to be able to see the greatness. Now we know we needed more than general revelation. We needed specific in Jesus Christ. We understand that. But the brilliance of God, yet darkened minds, darkened hearts, they refuse to what? They refuse to acknowledge God and they won't give thanks to Him for the very life that He's given to every person. Do you see that? Do you see those two things? The absence, the unwillingness to thank God is actually a description of sin. Did you know that? It's interesting, isn't it? That's the darkness. Now, I realise there could be some here this morning or some that are watching online, in fact, too as well, um, who are, are grappling with the issues that this particular doctor was, was, was you know, um, thinking about. Maybe you too um, grew up at some point or other in a family that, well, the God conversations never came up at any time. Or maybe your education was dominated by those who haven't reflected as deeply as this particular man did on the challenge of an eye evolving. Well, maybe that's all that you're meant to get this morning. Maybe that is. Um, you email into me and I'll, I'll let you know the name of this book and you can have a bit of a read of that. Maybe that's someone here this morning. But unthankfulness for the world around us is not the unthankfulness I want to focus on this morning. We, we want to know that unthankfulness belongs to the darkness. But in the second book of Corinthians that Paul wrote, um, he centres on our understanding of God and what, what it is that we understand about God in the place of troubles and hardship and trials in this world and, and what our response will be to him when we find ourselves in that situation, will that too be a place of thankfulness in our hearts? Will it? That's the question we're asking, we're dealing with this morning. So let me read. Let me read um, the opening verses of 2 Corinthians with this, this question. Will the trials lead us to distrust? Will that prevail an unthankfulness of heart or will we be able to thank God there? Are you ready? This is, this is what we're gonna look at from God's Word. Here we go. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia. Verse two, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Now, if I asked you this morning to compile a, a, a list of the troubles that you've experienced in your life or the lives of those that you love, it, it probably wouldn't take too long to get a, a fairly lengthy list together, would it? Um, would it? Um, let's go back to childhood. A, a lot of problems start there. Maybe you were bullied, maybe ridiculed as a child, abandoned maybe possibly even. Some of those can be very painful experiences in our early years. As an adult, maybe falsely accused, attacked, reputation trashed in some way or other. What about all, all these things, the sickness? How am I, how am I going? Have I reached you yet? Have, I, have you have I touched on something in your list yet? Sickness, maybe, accidents. Uh, what else can I add? Relationship breakdown, um, death of loved ones. 
am I going? Have I, is the list getting any longer at the moment? Well, let me mention one for all of us. COVID-19, how's that? Now we're all covered. You've definitely got one on your list there. The longer you live, have you noticed this? That the longer you live, the longer your list of troubles grows. Have you ever noticed that? It gets longer. Our world is trouble. Oh, is it not trouble? We can see it all around us. It is so trouble, so trouble. All of these, of course, are, are, are sourced in the darkness of our world. Our own sin, the, the sins of others, and of course, the, the cosmic consequences of humanity's rejection of God, our decision not to acknowledge and give thanks to the one who created us. But there is a very, very powerful truth in this passage that we have just read concerning every trouble every affliction, every suffering that we have faced or will ever face. In verse three, it says this. It's actually a description of God. It's, it's a name of God, a, a title of God. There's two of them actually in verse three and both of them are rippers. It says this, our God is the father of compassion. You hear that? He's the father of compassion and he is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. Now, I want you to think about your relationship with God for just a moment. There are, there are many ways in which we relate to God. Um, at the communion table that we've, we've just been so blessed in, we, we often think about um, God as our saviour, you know, the one who rescued us from spiritual death and, and washed our sins away, how blessed we are. We, we think of God as the saviour. Um, when we're not sure what to do next in our lives, we, we look to God as our, as our shepherd and, and our guide and our, our director. Um, what about when we sit down for a meal? I, I don't know about you, but we like to just pause for a moment or two and thank God for His provision and kindness in, in, the, in the food that we're about to eat. Um, God, our provider. But in the place of sufferings, we relate to God as who? Our comforter, you see. That's what happens in the place of sufferings. God, our comforter. Now, there's something very, very powerful about experiencing comfort in a relationship. Why do family relationships mean so much to us? Because these are the people who so often are the ones who have been there when we have faced the very toughest things in our lives. Um, our mums, we can go way back, our mums hugging us when, you know, we fell off the bike or whatever else we go and we get up on mum's lap and she gives us a hug. Wow. Some of us never forget those moments, you know, even when our mums have, you know, gone to heaven. We don't forget moments like that. That's how powerful the love, the comfort of a mother is. What about our fathers standing alongside us? Fixing us the dumb things we did, you know, as teenagers. I remember two of my dad's car, I was driving my dad's car and I wrecked two of his tyres, hit a pothole. And I'm thinking, oh, what's dad going to say? He was so graceful. I will never forget that. Whoa. The, the comfort of someone who fixes up our mistakes and he paid for the brand new two tyres too. He didn't make me pay for them. What a father. Our spouses helping to, helping us to see reality more clearly. You, you know, when you, you, the mountains seem to be just, smashing down on you and then you go home and you talk to your spouse and, they, and they, they help you to see things more clearly. Our children, our children, 
They're part of this too as well. They offer their support and help when the computers lose what they're not supposed to lose. I don't know if you've had that experience. Oh, where is my son now that I need him? And what a blessing that is when he recovers something. Oh, Jesus, thank you for young people and know about computers. It's brilliant. Some of the most memorable moments in our lives are when we have been in a terrible predicament. You think about it. We've been facing something painful or or a difficult situation and someone comes along and stands alongside his family member or or friend or whoever it might be. And and they put their arm around us or they speak words to us or they send words to us that encourage us and and assure us that things are going to be okay. I don't know about you, but I've been in moments like that when I have been actually overwhelmed with gratitude and thanksgiving. It's the moment when we become quite emotional, in fact. If you're really at, your, at the end of things and someone comes as a comforter, it is so powerful. It is incredibly powerful. Well, listen here this morning. That's God's heart towards us. Did you know that? It's his heart towards us. He's moved by our troubles, our sufferings. And he does come alongside us with words of encouragement and hope. This is the precious ministry of the Holy Spirit, isn't isn't it? The paraclete, the one who comes alongside to help and counsel. The one who Jesus said would never leave us, never leave us. Verse four of this passage, it makes so clear that this ministry of God to us, the comforter, is not an intermittent one. You know, there for some situations and not for the others. But it's the comfort that is always available. That's what it said in the verse four. Always available in every situation that we face. That The God of comfort is there who comforts us, comforts us in all, all, all our troubles. How exactly does this sort of comforting work operate in our lives? You might be wondering, well, you know, I'm not real sure about what that looks like. Well, let me give you two um, little brief examples, one from my own life and one um, from someone else. The first one from mine. A few years ago, I was facing some really, um, um, you know, difficult situations. Um, they were ordered by God, but there was it put a really deep strain on my well-being. And in the depths of this very stressful period, I was up on my prayer hill. I, I pray at the um, top of um, the Chermside Hills Reserve. And I've got a little spot up there. It's sort of off the track. And um, I was up there praying um, in the midst of these, of these um, situations, the situation I was in. And then as I came out of my spot on a particular morning, who should I see running just by me right there was my good friend, Martin Luke. He's the pastor of our, our daughter church, The Grove. I had never seen him there before and I could actually say I've never ever seen him there again. This was a one-up occasion and he comes running by and I shared a little bit of, you know, some of the things I was dealing with at the, in that time and then he, he prayed for me there and then and then he went running off. He was training for his marathon and, but he sent me a text that followed that. This is what he said. Great seeing you this morning in your sacred place, brother. This verse came to mind as I was running home. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, don't be afraid, speak out, speak out, don't be silent, for I am with 
get this, this is always what comfort is, for I am with you and no one will attack and harm you for many people in this city belong to me. And he finished off with this, have a great day, my good friend. You're in the centre of God's will. What do you think of that? You're right where God wants you to be. And God arranged a man to come running by to pass that on for me. Is he a comforter? Is he? That, that's what it looks like. It's that practical. It's that specific. Now, that didn't change. I just want to put a little, you know, brackets on this. That didn't change what I had to face. Hear that? But when God arranges those circumstances and encouragements, then you know that you have experienced the fortifying comfort of God himself. Now, that's me. Listen to this one. It comes from a lady from our daughter church. They're starring this morning. Marty starred and now someone from their church. Listen to this. I enjoyed Alpha and church services. It was part of a testimony that she wrote. But felt Christianity was in my head, but not really in my heart. I long for a sign or a spiritual experience On the 30th of March, 2020, so not too long ago, my world was turned upside down. My boss called me into the office and told me I was stood down due to COVID lockdown. 30 minutes later, I had a phone call from my GP telling me that I had breast cancer. Imagine that, imagine that. But isn't that how it often comes to us in life? It's not just one thing that hits us, it's a a series of things that hit us. Further testing confirmed, I had aggressive cancer with five tumours. I needed urgent surgery due to lock, um, um, and due to lockdown, I wasn't allowed any visitors at the hospital. The loneliness of that, as you can imagine. While in hospital, I had my first spiritual experience. I was feeling incredibly anxious. Prayer is still new to me, but I decided to pray. Good idea, terrific idea I may add. This brilliant prayer. I, this is what she said. I immediately felt a deep sense of peace wash over me. I don't think I have ever felt so calm in my entire life. Hear that? I knew, and here it, here it is, I knew God was with me. There it is. That's the calm. Our God is the greatest, most dependable, most, m- most gentle most strengthening comforter that you will ever find. And there is no location, no lockdown, no breakdown, not even death itself where our circumstances um, prevent God from ministering His love and grace, His presence with us, whatever the trouble whatever the trial, God with us, God our comforter. You get that? Can we be thankful, church, in every situation when when this is our God? But it's not just about knowing God's loving comfort in our circumstances. There's There's an outward focus to the comfort we experience. Listen to this, verse three again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those, you hear that? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. 
For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. The the comfort that we receive from God is not meant to stop with us but rather it's meant to be shared within the body and in fact beyond the body. This is one of the principles of Christian service. Actually, we've just heard about even in the, some of the things that we shared in the family news that we receive, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. We can pass that blessing on. That, that process, of course, can be hindered, can't it? Think about this for a moment. Those who, who cover up their weaknesses or failures and and sort of make out that, you know, everything's okay. Guys in particular are like this. Yep, stiff upper lip, I'll I'll just keep pressing on. They actually miss out on on the comfort that God wants to bring. Do you realise that? You, you, You can quench this part. You can quench the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There's a humility in admitting that things aren't good and inviting people to pray with you, to pray for you. You know that? It's, it, it's a humble thing to do, ask. I could have told my good friend Marty as I was up, up the thing, Marty, good to see you. Keep on with your marathoning, marathoning and, um, you, you know, how's the weather today? I could, have, I could have skated over all those things as, as we're able to do, but I would have missed. I would have missed that. Do you realise that? I would have missed it. the comfort of God. Some too in the midst of their pain, they remain angry with God or they remain angry with their fellow believers and, and they, they refuse to allow the body to act as a comforter. Um, anger and, and, and blame and unforgiveness, it causes such terrible blockages to the comfort that God wants to bring in the most hurtful of situations. And some who think they know the solutions to everyone's pain can can like be like Job's comforters. Do you know what I mean? They actually add to the suffering. They don't do anything to lift you up. Oh, yeah, that can be a blockage way, way too as well. But what, but what faith-stirring blessings flow when compassionate, compassionate comforters who have experienced God's comfort in their own sufferings are able to stand alongside those who are being called to endure troubles and trials. Men who have faced retrenchment and business failures now are able to stand alongside other men who have lost their jobs or enterprises are in, are in trouble. That's the power of the men's shed. You do know that. Because guys get up and humbly share about the tough things that they've endured in life. And what a, what a strengthening that is to us. It's interesting, yeah? Women who have endured the long and the, and the difficult road of cancer treatment are now able to pray and journey with other women. It's such a powerful ministry in this church. You know that. Um, as women do that with one another. And the blessing that that is, they, they understand how hard the journey is because they've been there and they've gone on that track. Parents who have faced long seasons with children seemingly far away from God, encouraging other parents to remain faithful and persistent in their prayers to the God of all comfort. 
It's hard actually sometimes to determine who was most blessed when the Holy Spirit arranges a comforter to me to suffer. It's hard to know who's, who's, who gets most blessed there. The one who is enduring the troubles, who, you know, who's strengthened and encouraged by the presence and words of the comforter, or is it the joy of the comforter that, that all those experiences of suffering are, are now being used by God Himself to strengthen someone who is in that very situation? Who, who gets most blessed, folks? Who gets, it's hard, we don't have to work it out. We just give together praise to God. That's what we do. But not only do our sufferings equip us to bring comfort to others in a direct sense, but the Holy Spirit also uses them to encourage and inspire the body to be faithful in all the things that we need to endure on this tough journey of life that we embarked on. Paul in verse um, 6 points out that his distress is for their comfort so that when they are called upon to suffer, they will have a powerful model to follow. Listen, if we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. So, so when you see Christians holding strongly onto God in the midst of the trials that they are facing, or hear how God has comforted them, then it's incredibly inspiring in our own faith to remain committed come what may. And especially when we find ourselves in those tough circumstances. Just before the, um, the latest round of restrictions um, that came through here in Queensland, which, which impacted upon hospital visiting, I actually got one, my last visit in at a hospital on the Friday and then the new restrictions came in on the Saturday. And, and I had the opportunity to... to to, to visit Gloria Dahl, who was in St. Vincent's. Rod's here this morning, um, um, Gloria's husband. Um, Gloria's lived with, with very serious health issues um, for, for most of her adult life. And on this particular occasion that she was relating to me, she, um, um, she was in hospital because she was recovering from a very serious incident at home where her oxygen levels had dropped dangerously low um, and she'd lost consciousness. Well, as it turned out, Rod, good husband, got onto the ambulance services as um, quickly as possible and they arrived, get this, this might be a record, but they arrived in four minutes. Can you believe that? Imagine a, a phone call goes in and four, four, four minutes later, they arrive. And the ambulance officer explained how they were able to come so quickly. They were actually taking a shortcut across the Jinka track and when they got the call and they were there, in four minutes. And the nearness of those ambulance officers and their exceptional quick response and their good skills is why Gloria is still alive today. Did you know? Like it was that serious. That's why she's alive today. But Gloria also shared something else with me that day on the visit. And, and she told me about her granddaughter, Carly, um, who had actually woken early on that day and felt very constrained to pray for her grandmother. And she spent quite a lengthy time interceding for her, not aware of the, of the circumstances that were unfolding or about to unfold in that day. Now, now put that together. A quick arrival, someone's prayer, prayer, folks, prayer, prayer, prayer. It's mighty. And it's not hard to see the... The God of compassion was caring for Gloria and Rod and for their family. 
Our conversation in the hospital that day, it, it ended with praise and thanks to God. You know, you go to hospital to be an encourager and, and you hear stories like that and you, and you see faith shining so brightly in the darkness of long-term suffering. And something stirs within you, doesn't it? When you hear stories like that, something stirs. We too stay faithful. We keep pressing on. Whatever the opposition, whatever the difficulties may be, God always has purposes. He always has plans to bless others through every, this is every one of the trials that that we endure. And so we are able in every trial that we do face to what? To give thanks to God, to give thanks, to give thanks. Now, let me remind you of what, what I pray the Holy Spirit is helping us to grasp this morning. Darkness is about what? Not acknowledging God, not giving God thanks and praise for who He is and what He does. And, and, and sadly, a very common way um, for dark powers to lead people, including Christians, I may add, into this gloom is to exploit the pain and the troubles um, that we experience. These sort of thoughts, well, well, God doesn't care about you and, 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 and your sufferings, they're without purpose and, and, and you've got nothing to give thanks to God for. Well, this morning, I, I pray you are being armed by God's Word to raise your shield of faith. We've been on that Invisible War series, to raise your shield of faith, affirming that God is good. He is the greatest comforter that you could ever find. And He's powerfully at work in every trial, in every problem, in every difficulty that we experience. And we have reason to give thanks to Him. Always, always. There's one more reason I want to briefly focus on this morning, which causes praise to flow even in the places of trouble and hardship. Let me read verses 8 to 11. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and He will deliver us again. On Him, we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Prayers always popping up, isn't it? Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. The nature of Paul's um, troubles here in Asia he doesn't actually state what they were and the commentators come up with a whole you know, list of maybe occult opposition and the antagonism of vested interests, um, some sort of mob violence, the possibility of various plots to kill Paul or some very, very serious illness. Whatever the circumstances, it, it, was, a, it was a situation that was so overwhelming and so desperate that Paul could only see death as the likely outcome. Now, what was the purpose of God for Paul in that sort of crisis? What, you know, what, what's, what's God doing there in that space? Well, the apostle was experiencing what it's like to be utterly helpless. And remember, Paul's a pretty strong customer. You do know that, don't you? 
You can tell that from his writing. But he was discovering how helpless he was. And in that situations that he was in, no way out. It looks from a human perspective. He was being confronted with his frailty as a human being, particularly as God allowed the likelihood of death itself to draw near. And what resulted What resulted from that despairing situation? Well, Paul came to realise that his life and whatever ministry that God had planned for his life was completely dependent upon God and God alone and not his capacities and not his abilities. But this happened, verse 9, that we may not rely on ourselves, but God who raises the dead. The end of jobs, the end of businesses, the seeming demise of plans and dreams, even godly ones, the loss of our health and and the loss of those that are dear to us, it takes us, you see, to places where we are so mindful of our great need for God. That absolutely everything in this life is actually a gift from the good Father. And you know, that's a good place to be. Did you know that? That's a really great place to be. So there's a, there's a sense of deepening dependence that happens in the places of despair. But there are also places where we see the enormity of God's restoring and resurrecting power. To all intents and purposes, Paul should have died in Asia. But, but God wanted Paul's faith to grow as, as he saw what God was going to do to deliver him. And that is exactly what happened here. This man, the Apostle Paul's faith, grew in these very, very difficult circumstances. Verse 10 and 11, on him, he says, this is the outworking of it, on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayer. God is a resurrection specialist. Did you know that? He's brilliant at resurrection. He raised Jesus from the dead. He's raising dead people in their sins, the death of sins. He's raising those people to life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And and these mortal bodies of ours, and some of them are in worse um, state than others. For some of us here, I know that. But but they're going to be made immortal. This is our resurrection God. And it's mighty what he's got planned. And so you always see with God, you always see this. You'll see a restoring, a, a resurrecting work, a resurrecting work in the most despairing places. As God does reveal his mighty power. It's not just for, for what's coming, it's here on this earth that we see our resurrecting God at work doing mighty things. And when the places of despair, Now think about this, when when the places of despair where where all seems lost become the places which cause us to depend and trust in Jesus more deeply than ever before. And they're the places that grow our confidence and hope in, in his resurrection power, then it seems right, does it not? That we finish as Paul finishes here, giving thanks, giving thanks to God, the God of all comfort. 
Now, there are many in our church family who could give praise to God for his loving work in, in those sort of places where, where all appeared lost. But I know Jesus wants to hear um, one last particular story this morning. You ready for this one? I just, I know, I know he wants us to hear this. 25 years ago, I dedicated two twin girls in this church. Later this year, I'm officiating at the marriage of one of those girls. But today, the other twin is preaching at our 4pm service. How can these little children become preachers? But that's what happens. Carly's been completing some theological studies at Malian College and one of her subjects requires her to preach. So um, on this morning when I'm sharing with you um, God's Word, the baby I dedicated 25 years ago is also preaching. And, and it just so happens that we're preaching on the same topic, dealing with suffering. I, I actually asked Carly if I could borrow a little bit of her, her sermon for, for, for this morning. It's good to steal from other people in the church, isn't it? So <laughs> cuts down the time, you know, the amount of time you have to spend on your sermon. You can grab a little bit. It's actually a testimony that she finishes with. And I want to share this with you this morning as I conclude. Listen to this. This is what she said. Twelve years ago, my life drastically changed. While previously a healthy teenager, I became debilitatingly ill with a crippling disease. As I grew progressively worse, I had to be pulled out of mainstream school. I became bedridden, a shadow of my former self and unable to do anything in my own strength. As every system in my body slowly began to shut down, I was learning what it meant to truly depend on God's grace. I needed God's help to do absolutely everything. Even swallow medication even to get out of bed, to go to the bathroom. But while I was dying physically, my spiritual life was thriving. One night I remember crying out to God, I'm deeply at peace. This is the comfort of God. There's always a peace element to that. Saying, um, Jesus, whether I live or die, my life is yours. I felt every system in my body shut down like each switch had been individually and progressively switched off. I was functioning no more. Total blackness encompassed my being. In the moments that followed, I can recall seeing myself lying in my bed, but I was not in my body anymore. Now, you know what that means. However, Death didn't have the victory, Christ did. For He truly saved me from the clutches of death. In the months and then 10 years that have followed, I have remained chronically ill and have had frequent brushes with death, particularly over the past 12 months. I know I'm living on borrowed time. While my life has been extremely different from many others my age, deprived of most rites of passage or, or worldly hopes for the future, God has deepened my faith in such a way that has only been possible through suffering. Hear that? Hear that? I am able to say that I am grateful. It's thanks, isn't it? See, hear that? It's light out of darkness. It's light. I'm able to say that I'm grateful for the life God has blessed me with. 
I've had the privilege of relying on God in ways most people my age and in our culture never get to experience. To be so dependent on God's grace to survive each day is a gift. For however long God will give me and whatever capacity I have, my, my life is for Him, for Him. I have the deep hope knowing the love God has for me. Any day He could heal me. And one day, the limitations of my physical body will be no more. I I cannot deny the reality and pain of suffering, but I can say that hope, that the hope and joy we have in God is greater. How's that, folks? How's that? Do you hear that? As of someone in this church family, someone will share God's Word this afternoon with us. Earlier in this sermon, I, I, I mentioned that the longer you live, the longer your list of troubles grows. Do you remember that? Trust you have. Having life gone, missed that. It's true. But accompanying that list is actually a far longer list, and it is filled with the goodness, the faithfulness, the comfort of our compassionate and loving God. It's a longer list, did you know? It's a longer list. In our, in our sufferings, you see, we, we discover the Holy Spirit to indeed be our comforter. He is our comforter. And all the warmth and all the, the presence and all the peace that goes with God being our comforter, we experience that in this life. And that He does take our sorrows and He, and he does take our pains and He uses those very, very things to be a, a blessing and a comfort and a help to others. And we can thank Him. And, and we discover in our weaknesses where we come to the very end of ourselves as we've heard so beautifully from Carly this, Carly this morning, the, the fathomless depths of, of God's love and grace and, and His resurrecting power. And so rather than the troubles of this life being the place of darkness for us, you know, the places where the devil longs to extinguish, strangle our thanks and praise. They actually become the places filled with the light of, of God's help and hope, where, where we weep with gratitude, where we weep, weep with gratitude. And we sing our songs of praise to our, to our merciful God who comforts us in all our troubles. Is not God's Word a blessing to us, church? Is, is it not a blessing? As we concluded our service this morning, um, you know how we must end the service today. You do know that. We, we, get, we began it, which is a good way to begin, but we must end by, by offering our thanks and our praise to God. Must, must not we do that? Yeah. These are the words of the song. The first verse, it says this, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never failed me. All my days, all my days, I've been held in your hands, the Comforter's hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, you know, His presence is with us. I will sing of what? I'm going to sing of what? The goodness, the goodness of God. The thanksgiving of our hearts that rises to our great God. 
And so as we conclude this service, I wanted to provide an opportunity for those this morning who, who are actually sitting here and, and there is a weight upon you, that there is a concern of your heart. There's a, there's a suffering that you're enduring at this very moment of time. And, and whether you have seen the hand of God in that situation yet or, 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 or whether you haven't, I want to provide an opportunity for you just to say, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm praising you. I'm praising you this morning. So as we sing this, this song, I'm going to ask us to remain seated, but in the first verse in the chorus, if you want to you know, provide your own testimony, if I can say it that way. You know, we've been hearing other people's testimonies this morning, but you want to provide a testimony here this morning. I, I just want to invite you to stand. If you're watching this online, um, um, you stand if you, if you want to let the world know and let the heavens know in particular that that's your heart this morning. So if that's, you're online, this, don't feel you can't be involved in this. So we're going to sing this song. And if that's your heart, then you just stand during that first verse and course and then the rest of us will join in. If you're in a particular place at the moment where you just want to honour and give praise to God in the midst of the sufferings and the light of our Lord Jesus Christ will fill this place. Did you know that? He will fill this place. Yeah. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thanks. Thanks, Lord. You have a wonderful word to us, Lord. You're such a great, wonderful God. Oh, Lord, we can hardly contain ourselves this morning as we think, Lord, of the circumstances of our lives where we have known, Lord, Your presence and Your help and Your peace, the hope that fills our hearts. Oh, God, there is no one like You in the heavens and the earth. And we do give You our praise this morning, Lord. We silence, Lord, the thoughts and the and the words that come from the darkness, we silence them with the praises of God here this morning. We are a thankful people, great God. You are our mighty God, our comforter, the one who takes, Lord, the circumstances of our lives and uses them for Your glory. The one who takes those very, very dark places and uses them to make us more like Jesus than ever before and fill us with hope and faith about the power of our resurrection King. And so, Lord, oh, so, Lord, see our witness now this morning, we pray. May it bring joy to Your heart in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen. So I'm going to let the band lead us in this song. If you want to take this opportunity, then you do that right now. You just stand in that first verse and chorus. Yeah, thanks team. If you can lead us, that'd be great. Their faith and trust in you. Lord, you know the exact circumstances of every one of these ones, Lord. Bless them, oh God, we would pray. May they continue to shine your love and light, Lord, in this darkened world. Thanks for their witness here this morning that stirs faith in us, that we will be people, Lord, who keep looking to you, our great God trusting in You to see us to the very end, Lord, of these lives of ours. And then, Lord, enter into the fullness of the resurrection life that's found in Jesus Christ, our King. Oh, come church, let's all stand. Continue to sing this song as we witness this morning to the faithfulness and the goodness of our mighty God. Sing. Give thanks for His goodness, for His faithfulness, for His love. You know, that praise that we were just giving a guy. It's incredibly powerful, I want to tell you that. It's so powerful. 
If you're here this morning in the auditorium, the mezzanine, maybe connecting online, and, and you don't you don't know that comfort of God, you've, you haven't experienced that in your own life. You haven't experienced that peace that you've been hearing about through some of the stories today. I want to tell you that you can know that in your own life. You can know the comfort of God in your own life. And it comes through being in a personal relationship with Him, which is made possible through Jesus. You can experience that today. If you're here and you came with someone, say, I want to know that in my own heart. I want to know that same assurance that Carly spoke about, that Gloria spoke about, that others can testify to here this morning. Then just tell them, I want to come. I want to know more. I want to find out more. I want to experience this in my own life. And we would love to help you on that journey. We really would. And if you're in the place right now, it's tough going and you need that comfort and assurance and, and support this morning, do come forward for prayer at the end of this service. We'd love to pray for you. If you're online, click on the prayer at bridgman.org.au button. If you, if you want to know more about a relationship with Jesus, click on that Jesus, responding to Jesus button as well. We'd love to help you on that journey. But I want to pray a blessing as we close our service now. Let me do that. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you care so deeply about each and every one, those here this morning, those online, Lord. You are the God of all comfort, the Father of compassion. So we thank you and I pray a blessing on each and every one here. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us. We will be connecting again tonight for our 6 p.m. service online or here in person at our 4 p.m. service. God bless you. Look forward to sharing with you again soon. thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you, we'd love to help you on the journey of faith. You can reach out to us by emailing hello at bridgman.org.au or if you have a prayer need, don't forget to email us at prayer at bridgman.org.au and we'd love to pray for you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.